Yo, man, it's a lot of brothers out there flaking and perpetrating, but scared to kick reality. I feel like insecure is um, for everybody. I mean, it's everybody TV. black. Yeah. Must now, I don't know if white folks TV. watch Insecure. Absolutely. Not. <laughs> no. Yeah, I've never no heard way. a white person like, like, I don't even know if white people are aware of this show. I don't know that white people watch any black shows, man. I'm going to go, like, I've never had a conversation with a white person about power. <laughs> I've never had a conversation about Insecure. Like, never. You know, or um, hey, I have, Snowfall. I have, They've never bro. even seen Snowfall. I mean, I've I, had, white, I, I've had white people refer to Snowfall, and I've had white people mention The Wire. Just because you know, like, okay, The like, Wire don't count, though. The Wire. What you mean? That's, I mean, nigga, everybody watch. That's not, that's not a, to me, The Wire is not a black show, though. Like, it's, bro, of course, black people. Baltimore. But it, it surpassed, like, the black community. I think it's OJ, huh? It's OJ for you, Alex. That's what you're telling us. I mean, you know, it's just. The wire is not. Black. It ain't OJ, OJ because because <laughs> niggas was treating OJ like he not black, and niggas watched the wire knowing this is about black people, and you know these folks are black. It's it's nothing mistakable, but I just feel like the wire was just black. You know, all time. <laughs> it wasn't to me. It wasn't black though. It wasn't black. black. It was black people, black, but it black, wasn't black. black. It wasn't black. You know, it was just poverty. It wasn't black though. Of course, it's black people. <laughs> You know what I'm trying to say, man. I don't. You know what I'm saying. It ain't power, nigga. It's the wire. That's all I'm trying to say. That's it. Are women? Do you think women are interested enough in in like men for a male version of insecure to work? Fuck no. It's gonna be called toxic, and uh, <laughs> they gonna say it's, it's misogynistic, and it's gonna be called secure. It can't. It it, it can't. You know, niggas be fronting. <laughs> you know, niggas be fronting like. <laughs> Shit gonna be called Alpha, you know some shit. <laughs> it, it do be no gray area. Niggas go from like super secure to nigga, help me. Like you just like, where did this come from? <laughs> but that's the thing. I don't think I think there would be an expectation for there to be nuance, and I just don't wholeheartedly believe that there's any nuance in this shit. Mm. You know, with with great writing, you know that could take off. You know, just uh, I'm just a. Um, a group of four male dudes and talk about what they be going through and you know, one of them gotta be on the spectrum and, and then I mean, one of them gotta be in an interracial relationship yeah but that Who's you know that i mean no nobody's on the spectrum for the current insecure but we saying if there was a male uh, version, if there there's was no a, way it could you be cannot released. get four cis heterosexual men no <laughs> Uh, that's toxic. And they not finna let that cook, nigga. Toxic, bro. Toxic. I I do be one like. Be careful, Blake. No, 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 no. I'm not. This is like. Tread lightly. <laughs> no, no, no. I just be one like the shackles of homophobia to be released from black men because we be missing like 
Bro, black men be missing out on, on high-quality content because we homophobic. Bro, mm-hmm. you can't, like, a nigga like Santana, that nigga's hilarious. Hey, that Sauce nigga Santana's is hilarious. fucking pure comedy. That then, is that is a funny dude. Bro, one of the funniest niggas on uh, Insecure <laughs> is, um, I gotta stop saying niggas so much. One of the funniest people on Insecure is um, Issa's brother. Yeah, that nigga's gay. hilarious, Ahmad. too. Bro, I'm yeah. like, but you know. I mean, you like, just further no, proving our that. point, though, uh, Blake, that we got to have a, a brother in the mix that is uh, mm-hmm. on the spectrum. Oh, yeah. It's got to be like a big deal. He going to come out. Like He got to start off on the down low, and then he going to come out. And, <laughs> you know how it's going to go. It's going to be like Not one he got to start on the DL. Like, he don't got to start on the DL. Like, he does have to start on the DL. No, you know that's going to be. He can start. It's going to have to be a story of triumph himself. over toxic masculinity. That's, that's going to be in the season. Fail. Yeah. That's going to be the season one storyline, or it's going to be the, like, part of the finale. I'll claim that now, because you know you still got to deal with HBO <laughs> mm-hmm. to do, like, I'm telling you that's going to happen for sure. Like, he going to be on the down low. Or he at least ain't gonna tell, tell his like family or something. Like it's mm-hmm. gonna be some story. Nah, he ain't like gonna that. tell the niggas. He ain't gonna tell the niggas yeah. in the friend. That's Everybody what I, gonna know. I mean, and that's then, what I think. And then boom, they gonna see that's him gonna be out. the storyline about two two and a hey, half. Hey yo, Jacob. <laughs> What's good, man? <laughs> oh hey. <laughs> oh, this your homie right here. <laughs> then Jacob is faced with this. Does he say, "Yeah, this is my homie," or does he admit this is actually my significant other? Find out next time on <laughs> Secure. Secure. <laughs> oh shit, man! What's up, niggas? Hey, man. First of all, you need to <laughs> watch how you talking to me. I'm not your nigga. I'm saying I'm your uh, boy. Niggas your get AirPods and get the talking different, bro. <laughs> niggas get they couple, they first I'm couple dead. set of AirPods and just want to be. Don't call me a nigga no more. Like I've been wearing AirPods King. for at least a year <laughs> as we've been recording, but <laughs> I'm gonna let niggas get get it off. But no, nah, man, I'm good, man. How you doing? How you doing? How you feeling? How y'all feeling? I guess. Good, bro. Just grinding, bro. What about you? Man. Grinding. Grinding. <laughs> okay, hey, Blake. Hey, I'm... <laughs> okay, Blake. I'm just... Blake up in Power all... 1051, goddamn. You know, I'm just out here grinding, you dig what I'm saying? Bro, that's... Bro, that'd be <laughs> the slawish shit about, like... You remember in college or, like, you know, maybe even younger, people like, what you been on? You got, like, old, man. It's this, <laughs> this nigga named J. Cole I just found. You gotta hear him or... You know what I'm saying? We just went up to UT Knox. Shit was crazy. Niggas be like, what you been up to? I've been at work, bro. <laughs> I mean, nothing new. Working. Same work. shit, different day, goddamn. You know. Bro, I'm so happy to get back to traveling soon, though. I do miss that. Yeah, I was actually in Tampa this week, bro. Or last week. Um, for a friend's uh, bachelor trip. Uh, guy I go to work with. White dude. White dude. I was the only black dude on the trip. What What was yep. that experience like? Okay. Especially for a Tyrell, goddamn, okay. What's going on? It was it was 15 dudes, y'all, on the trip. He was so the you only and 14 black of the white dudes? 
yeah. It did. It did get kind of like cut down to like thirteen, but still, oh, it's still, it was still a lot. Hit this shit. Don't tell and us I, this. And I knew. I knew like four of them. It really wasn't even that bad though. I mean, before I was kind of shook because I'm like, man, I just, you know, I just want to have a safe trip. You know, we was in Tampa. I'm like, I just want to be safe. And and for the most part, you know, and I I guess we are getting older. Like, so, you know, people are just a little bit more, I don't know. I mean, they not in a full, we, we about to lose our mind back, but it's definitely That's- like a turn up back, which I'm comfortable with. I'm comfortable with that. Uh, but like I said, for the most part, it really wasn't even, you know, too crazy, man. You know, our Airbnb was nice, had a pool and stuff. So, you know, of course, I mean, we just drinking a lot. Went to the beach. Got turned up at the beach. Went to oh, the so casino twice. You know, it wasn't nothing like just, oh, wow. You know what I mean? But <clears throat> it was interesting. You know, it's just always interesting being around just kind of that, uh, a different set of people and i just think the conversations are completely different i think that's just like the, the most notable thing is you know i feel like <clears throat> i don't know like what people discuss the things that are said are just nothing like it is when you with your black friends the music that's played you know it's just nothing like you know and and i just think it's just interesting just being in that different atmosphere and you know but I will say this, man, you know, going back to the, <laughs> I don't even know if I'm going to keep this, but going back to the homophobia thing. I mean, you know how white people, it's just, you know, that's not even in their thing. Like, they just so comfortable with just everything, just everything around there. Like, there's, there's, they're not as, they're not like black people, I'll say that. White but, people will make you, like, realize you do still have a little homophobia, too. Right, right. You'd be like, damn, like, they just so comfortable. And I think the biggest thing for me was, the fact that we show up to this Airbnb and I think there there are six beds. There are six beds. I just told you how many dudes is there. It's six beds. So <laughs> when I first get there, they, I'm just like, uh, and I'm trying not to, because I'm just trying to feel out like, okay, what is the expectation? Because you know, I'm, I'm thinking about what the expectation may be, but I'm like, maybe I need to get surely not clearance on that expectation. But Blake, no, that that was the expectation. That was the expectation, and, and that's right. Two to a bed was the expectation. Do you feel like? Do you feel like you were alone in being shocked by that? I do. I do. I mean, I just nobody else. And I didn't give, I never gave like this vibe of like, I ain't fucking with that shit. But cause once, as I understood that everybody was okay with it, I was like, Oh my God. Uh, so the first <laughs> night I slept on the couch, I slept on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had to do it stealthily. Like, you know, like we was chilling. I just kind of fell asleep on the couch. Nobody really bothered me. So I just stayed there. Like, you know what I mean? I just, you know, and that was it. And then I woke up and they was like, hey, see, man, you know, you slept on the couch, man. I was like, yeah, man, I was just knocked out, man. I just, and it was comfortable. So I just stayed there. And then dude who I was supposed to be in the bed with, it's actually a guy I know. But he was like, hey, man, you know, if like tonight or whatever, like if you want the bed, like you got it. Like it's there's room for you. I'm just like, man, this shit weird as hell. But oh, like with I, me. Yeah. Like with me. That's what he was about. I thought he peeped and was like, yeah, I'll take the couch tonight. <laughs> no, no. So I was trying the, to snuggle you, wasn't it? Bro, I'm just, you know, it was crazy. The The first night, like the next morning, I woke up and like I was the first one up. It was like 630. I was the first one up. 
make sure I was the first one to get this shower because it was only like, I think there was three showers. So I'm like, okay, I got to be first one. Um, so, you know, I get up, I kind of look in some rooms and that's when, because I didn't really see, like I, it wasn't confirmed until I woke up that morning and saw some rooms <laughs> and saw, I'm like, oh, y'all niggas really are two to a bed in this motherfucker. And not only y'all two to a bed, I mean, y'all shirt off in this motherfucker. Like, I'm like, mm. You know, but then, like I said, it's like, you know, it just made me just, like, recheck. Like, am I tripping? Like, I was talking to Brittany. I'm like, am I tripping, like, by thinking this is kind of weird or, like, you know, is it should this be the standard? Like, it wasn't like a – I mean, it was a queen-size bed. It wasn't like a small bed, but that still. Is like, I mean, in a queen, y'all sleep touching. Like, I mean, this is what I will say. If that nigga's shoulders is wide enough, y'all gonna get down. <laughs> this is what I will say. It was – I think this of the four nights that I stayed, it was just one night where I did sleep in the bed with this dude, Jared. And I will say, <laughs> for the most part, it. it really wasn't no problem. I mean, bro, we worked together. It really wasn't no problem. Like, I was on the far end. He was on the other far end. You know, I'm turned to the side. You know, I don't know. And it was fun. Hell no. But like I said, I didn't do it every night. I mean, that was the only night I did. The next night, I slept on the couch again. And then the next night, I went to bed early. And then when I woke up, nobody was in the bed as well. So I'm like, okay, I'm assuming that I did get this bed to myself. But it was, uh, it was, you know, it was interesting. It was interesting. Uh, so not, it was bed uh, musical chairs, though. Like you weren't sleeping in the same bed. I mean, you you were supposed to. The beds <laughs> that I slept in, like it was like my des, it was my designated one from night one. Like it wasn't okay. no gotcha. switching. Uh, but you know, sometimes you just like I would open a door and you know it's, it's a nigga in the bed. I'm like, oh. I guess so. See, Niggas this is why I don't really have white friends. Because I'm going to be that guy that's like, yeah, this some white people shit. Why would y'all book an Airbnb for 13 niggas with six beds? Like, you knew. It wasn't like you found out. You know what I'm saying? Like, you ain't got no air mattress or nothing. You ain't prepared for this at all. That's why I, what really had me tripping was niggas, like, acting like when I slept on the couch. Like, niggas like, damn, you slept on the couch? I'm like, what you mean? Like, they took it as a sign even, of disrespect. They was like, like that's, what the that's fuck? That's why I was do like, damn. <laughs> like, am I, am I, like, am I going against the grain right now by even considering sleeping? I mean, it was a nice sectional. I'm like, bro, it ain't you know small couch. It's a big leather sectional. I'm like, I'm definitely finna sleep on this hoe. <laughs> I mean, you rather than in going. the bed with you niggas. <laughs> you, you know, that's that's one thing, Blake. That's one thing. Because at first, I'm like, man, I just don't know. But I was like, man, I could really use this vacation. And it really wasn't that expensive either. Like, I got a plane ticket for very cheap. The Airbnb was, I think, relatively cheap. I don't know, like two-some a person. Uh, and then, honestly, I won all that shit at the casino. Like, I paid for my trip from winnings to the casino. So. I'm just not – I'm not – I'm not in that space that where like I can't do that on my time off. Like maybe if it was like a work retreat or something, and they were like, mm -hmm. "We all going link up." Like, all right, but like me personally going and pank, bro, I'm not going down there for y'all to be. Because mm -hmm. what you said, I feel like is best case scenario. I feel like best case scenario is just like you know a certain social misunderstanding is just something that's commonplace for them that's not mm -hmm. commonplace for us. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's little, like what you what you express isn't that crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, imagine if they had been wild and wild and like, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, we got to shotgun these beers. If you don't do it, you're a pussy. Your mom's, a, you know what I'm saying? Like, bro, I ain't, bro. Your mom's a pussy. I mean, I mean, the thing is, like, I, you know, like I said, a few of these dudes I know, like the groom, I know his best man. I know, like we, we have a, we've been cool since I started with my company. 
which was five years ago or even yeah, maybe even longer than that. So, you know, it's like I know them. So, you know, I know they turn up, but I know that, I mean, it's like they do like the shotgun and beer, but they know I'm not finna do it. And they not finna give me no flack about it because the first time they did it, I'm like, look, that's some white people shit, y'all. Like, I just don't do that. And they <laughs> laugh they laugh and accept it. They're like, all right, okay, I see. I'm like, y'all got it. But yeah, know. I mean, you know, you are bullshit not doing the shotgun. But I mean, you, you know, you are the, not bullshitting. Yeah, I, I knew I knew Nate was gonna say some shit like that. But you know, I'm straight on the shotgun, man. Like I'm good on that. I would drink, I would drink, I do shots. Like I'm never gonna turn down the shots. Like it's whatever. Would you do a funnel? In twenty twenty one, probably not. Now I'm probably talking about not. just you. Like that's your funnel. <laughs> probably not. I mean, why am I doing this? Yeah, I mean, like come this, on. Yeah, I can just drink. I now I will say, like I just myself. recently saw something that I was like, "Oh, this is another level that I would never go to, bro." This dude took Jaeger, filled his bong up like instead of water, he substituted it with Jaeger, hit the bong, a dirty ass bong at that, then drank the Jaeger out the bong, and I was just like, "I mean." Yeah, I mean that's disgusting, but I can there's see always crack doing if it. you're trying to get to that level. Like you could have just crack meth crack was like, right there. <laughs> if you if you if you trying to get to that next level, there's other options, bro. Coke was. I mean, right I, I could I could see that with like a very like if it's a freshly clean bong and uh, you know the piece got a um a, like a screen on it, you know, so, and like I could see it. It's not something I would do, but I could see it being more reasonable. That way, you know, because then at least you get a clean drink. Nah, you know, no, no, no. <laughs> I don't even see that. I hey, man. That. You know, it's just, it's the turn up, man. It's real. Turn up or die. Turn you know, up juice. That's that's the definition, ain't it? Pull up, go up. Shit, look, we as hell. Pull up, then you go up. <laughs> <laughs> we late as hell. Um, Nate, did you want to give like an intro to the... Uh... <laughs> I knew they was gonna be on this but shit, they, man. This God like damn! Baby. Not really. This man know he the mansplaining king, and now he oh, trying man. to play. He trying to play the three, <laughs> the small forward. Come on, man. Get involved. Run, <laughs> run the offense. Run the offense. <laughs> this man trying to hit us with the with computer the, blue with the Ben Simmons phone computer in his pocket blue. right now. <laughs> like y'all got this shit. <laughs> but nah man yep. We uh We getting ready to get into our Season 2 of Mansplain Here at the After 5 Podcast Um Ooh. And we are looking at Season 5 Episode 1 Of Insecure Uh so if you've been under a rock Or if you just don't pay attention to anything Black Um Insecure is a black ass show Via you on some uh, Joe Biden shit? Like, if you don't watch Insecure, <laughs> you're not black. <laughs> I mean, it's a blackity black 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 show. It's true. It's black so, as hell. Facts. I would be surprised if our demographic is like never heard of it. <laughs> not familiar. <laughs> but anyway, this is the final season, season five, and we getting started with episode one. Mansplained is simply this. You gonna you got a bunch of niggas on here talking about stuff that we probably shouldn't be talking about. But we're gonna talk about it from a man's point of view. So let's get to it. Uh what are y'all's first impressions of this episode in its entirety? You know, I enjoyed it. 
Um, first of all, highly anticipated for it to be the final season of Insecure. It's like, damn, you know, it's coming to a close. But every show got to come to a close. And there's definitely some things that need closure and in Insecure. Um, I also want to say that Issa Rae, you know, is my celebrity crush, man. You know, I just love her, man. I love her. I love Issa Rae. I think she's beautiful. I think she's like extremely funny. Um, you know, she's my boo. Dog, if I saw you fanboy out of uh, over Issa, that shit would like. If I saw Issa Rae in person, I would be like, oh shit. I mean, I wouldn't be. I mean, I ain't no hoe, so I ain't gonna be like, oh my god. But I would be like, damn. Sounded kind of hoeish. I would. I I was just about to say. I don't want no picture. Like, I really am not a picture with celebrity type of dude. But Issa Rae, I like. I I would be like, man, I'm putting my pride to the side to ask you for a picture. I feel like you're gonna be like, I love you. I may do that. I'm gonna be like, damn. Like, I think we'll be cool as friends. Like, I really, like, I really think. If you gave me a shot, you may enjoy a friendship with me. Oh, yeah, this is my wife. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, this is Brittany. But Issa. <laughs> nah, but, you know, so I just, I just want to do that as a kind of a qualifier. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I enjoyed the episode. I think it was, you know, just, just kind of setting up the season. I think, um, you know, for it to be kind of around a reunion you know, I mean, there's like a theme in it. Like there's a theme in kind of looking at the past and analyzing where you are currently with the past and uh, putting things in perspective. And, you know, I think that for, I think even for people in our age, cause we're kind of reaching, well, I don't know about y'all. I mean, I'm, I'm reaching the 10 year high school mark, you know, where it's like, okay, 10 years ago, like I was graduating high school. So I'm kind of putting that in perspective and, you know, not, I mean, not long after that will be that college reunion uh, where you're, you know, kind of looking at where you were at that time, what you wanted to do at that time, where you expected to be in five and 10 years. And then like, you know, analyzing that. And, you know, this episode is kind of showing that for all of them. And I think even uh, for Kelly, I'm horrible with names, but Kelly, um, you know, people thinking that she died. Right. And uh, I think that was kind of a theme in the episode. And uh, am I am, am I saying that correctly? It is Kelly, right? Who they thought. Yeah. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. was dead right. and they was doing all the like the memorial stuff. But then, you know, like her interest in like, you know, what like what people thought of me, you know, or, you know, like what is people's view of me? I think it all kind of aligns in that in terms of like where you are, where you want to be and how you want to be remembered and like what's your goals. And, you know, I know this is big for you, Nate, talking about legacy and. You know, it's like really getting a chance to analyze that, yeah. you know, and I think that this episode was a peek into that. And I'm I'm pretty sure that may end up being kind of a theme for the whole season because it is the final season. It's already acknowledged as the final season, which kind of helps you, you know, know that it's going to be a purposeful like it's not going to be a like everything is going to be purposeful. And I think the initial episode kind of having that theme is purposeful, you know, to kind of kind of set up the season for that perspective. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it as well, especially, you know, like nobody scores their um, shows on TV the way Insecure does as far as the music. Um, the vibe, it just always, it's like a feel-good moment because you're going you gonna to hear something at least once every episode and be like, damn, what is that? And and then, I don't know, that alone for me is just refreshing. Like I'm always like, yeah, it's, it's time. And so it was cool. Like it was just like, 
it kind of feel like linking up with your homies again when like it came on it was just just vibes you just Wasn't excited it, like what it, it was like good. it's it felt like pure nostalgia like i felt like to your point alex we getting ready to watch the final season but in that moment made us feel like this is about me and my experience through what it is that that they're showing us. So yeah, my my bad, but like I had to. No, 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 no. I, you're fine. I do think, I do think she kind of let us know in this episode. I'm not gonna play with y'all this season. It's not gonna be fun. He he ha ha the whole season. This is the point where it seems like the insecurities and and struggles they've been battling with that we kind of laugh through or just deal with through the through the series but everything just moves along fine either you know Issa's down bad she just rapping in the mirror but when she's you know talking to her younger self now you don't see it ain't no ain't no rap this shit real like you know what I'm saying everybody Mm -hmm. I think Kelly like seeing how people view you like your legacy to these people and and um shit um damn what's Amanda Seals character's name Tiffany? Tiffany. I think it speaks volumes. Tiffany Slick was non-existent. I mean, you saw her in there, but she didn't really have no nothing that she was dealing with. And I feel like that is kind of her thing, like just kind of becoming that that friend that everybody forgets about. Mm. And, you know, maybe I'm reaching on that. I don't know. But I think she kind of let us know that I'm not playing with y'all. This shit finna be real. This ain't finna be one of those right off into the sunset, everything you want type of season. So hmm. it got me excited because I like I like the authenticity of of the late twenty early thirty somethings. Yeah, that's what I appreciated the most too. Like it was just very reflective of what actually happens. You know, more more often than not, we see these over glamorized or over Hollywood tone set images of what this transitional period is, and it's just not relatable more often than not. And this one was very relatable in that in every aspect of what people were dealing with, like the two friends in the group who have been extremely distant toward one another, like had a breakup. We're in the process of mourning that breakup from one another. And then life happens and they need to come back together. You know what I mean? And what that uneasiness really looks like, because people don't want to talk about that, you know? You don't want to have no conversation about, like, it's uncomfortable between me and you right now, bro. (laughs) But to see it played out that way, it's like, okay, we're going to find ways that we can kind of try to reconnect. And even to the point, you know, where Molly is talking to Kelly about, like, you know, how did you all get through this rough spot when y'all had Giles break up? And it was very indicative of, like, as we grow older, people change what certain people deal with changes and and everybody doesn't react or respond in the ways in which you want them to. So then when you have to mourn these things and you come back together, like that's something that we have never seen played out, you know, but it's real. I think we, when we talk about like, we want our real authentic stories told, like I think she did a great job of doing that. And, And then when you dig deeper into like Kelly, like, if Kelly was a nigga, niggas would have been looking at him wild crazy for feeling the things that she was feeling and going through and, like, visibly being reactive to the ways that she, like, but you can understand it. 
because you seeing all of the size of it. But it just made me think about like how many times have you known a nigga who you feel me is always throwing the jokes or, or the nigga that you look to for that comedic relief. It's like, damn, when the last time we checked in, it was like, damn, is what's going on with bruh? Because uh-huh. everybody plays a part, you know? Everybody plays a part. They play their role in whatever friendship or friend group there is that exists. Like, it is what it is. Everybody's not going to be kumbaya all the time, but people play their parts, and it works. And so if this one person, you know, to Blake's point, like, if Tiffany is beginning to go into their role, somebody who has historically demanded the type of attention. But we've seen this metamorphosis of change in her through her ups and downs and different milestones in her life. It's like, if she's going into that area, how can she re- How can she respond? And I remember, you know, in the episode, she and Kelly had a quick little, like, girl, just be there. Okay. <laughs> you know, like, like I was for you, like, just be there. And I think that was that was powerful because we, we don't see this shit played out. Like we either see very like almost fake friendships and relationships play out that only highlight the highlights, you know what I mean? Or mm-hmm. we see this one like unforgivable mistake happen and then they go their separate ways and then we like Okay, that's what happened. Like we don't really see the ups and downs of relationship. And I'm glad that this is something that's being shown because I think we as a generation, we weren't shown those things. So there was an innate level of expectation. You know what I mean? Especially when it comes to relationships. And then we become the generation of, okay, let's call shit out. Now you realizing like, there are things that go along with that shit. Mm-hmm. And it's not always as comfortable as, well, we family or we friends and we'll come back together. Like, no, nah. some people, ju- sometimes you have to sit in it. And Insecure has done a really good job of showing us the duality of both sides. You can't, you can't say one is right and one is wrong because you can see the fault in both. But you see mm-hmm. that they just had to sit in certain stuff. And now they're at this point. And I knew some bullshit was going to happen when they went into that snow. <laughs> you know, had to had to throw in the, the loop of, you know, just something crazy happening. Bruh. Right. <laughs> but, you know, niggas get set up every day, man. Hey. That was ridiculous, would, though. Yeah, I would, I would hate shit. to get I mean, but, you know, it's it's been a while. We ain't, you know, you you are homegirl, but we ain't seen your ass in years. We would have jumped <laughs> on that don't know what you want. A nigga you That's know trying I, to jump you coming out Third Street gas station? Over with. <laughs> Over with. I'm on your ass, bro. <laughs> Gonna rob mm. me. That's, That's why you gotta stay strapped up, man. Always. <laughs> hey, one point that resonated with me, I wanted to hear what y'all thought about it, because I wasn't in this exact situation, but I mean, it still spoke to me. Do y'all remember when East was in the mirror talking to herself and she was like, I know you a lawyer now. She's like, girl, I never wanted to be a lawyer. And and, and like, Issa Slick wasn't, young Issa wasn't like, right, right. She was kind of like thrown off by that. Mm-hmm. Do y'all like, do y'all have any like careers y'all were like, yeah, I'm going to do this? 
and either you really didn't want to or like looking back you was like i should have did this shit uh yeah nigga every day at work i'm like bro this is not what the fuck i want to do <laughs> <laughs> no it's just you know you be like i think for me personally like i felt like i was always supposed to go into business like you know i was gonna be a business and be some type of leader in business like i feel like that's just what i was supposed to do you know what i mean but now that i'm even getting a uh a glimpse of it i'm like bro is this like, like you really start to evaluate is this something like is this what i wanted to do or is this just what i thought like i had to do or you know like i felt like I, I didn't, or something. yeah it's like i didn't have many options because i feel like that's just kind of how i felt i'm like because i don't have this strong passion for something like this just seemed like what you're supposed to do you know what i mean but really there are passions that you have but in your brain you was just like uh you know, it's it's not something I could pursue a career in. There's only, you know, these specific things I could pursue a career in. So that's what you follow until you get to that point And you like, bro, I don't even like this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't even like like I don't, you know, especially when you see other people who really do pursue their dreams and their passions. And, you know, they may not be as, uh, you know, like as fruitful as one would hope to be by the time we get to our age. But at the same time, there's this quality of life that's present for people who you know are chasing something that they really want and like you know even if our situations are different because i mean there's pros and cons to it all you know my path did lead me to getting a lot of things that i wanted but at the same time you know there's you you can always look back and say man there there are these other things that you know you waste your youth on it's like your youth is your time to really be chasing this shit you know but but at the same time, as you know, you, you want to play it safe. But you know, I mean, it's, I mean, it's risk, it's risk reward, I guess, in in everything you do, you know. But I think a lot of people come to that realization as they get older that, you know, even something that they felt like they wanted to do, you know, deep down, maybe they never really tapped into the idea of, hey, this is actually not something I want to do, but something else is just guiding them in a separate direction. I think we all experience that to an extent. Yeah. For sure, I, I I think that I I'm doing what it is that I always plan to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, it's I fell in love with what I thought that looked like. You know what I mean? Like I, I fell in love with this picture or this idea. You know. To your point earlier, Alex, uh, I had my 10-year high school anniversary thing last year. And it was one of those things. Like, we were in a pandemic, but it was like, I had a whole lot of time to just sit and just. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I kind of took myself back to was, you know, UTC, we used to do all these leadership development things and we do these retreats and stuff. And I found one of my old books and it was like, you know, what, what is your plan for five years, Uh five years from now? And I was so sure of what that looked like at that time. And so as life has happened, right, you focused on this picture and then sometimes it's it's either good or bad, right? Some, some shit can just knock you on your ass where you ain't got no choice but to just kind of shake it off and look around and realize, like, damn, I'm exactly where I always wanted to be. 
or something just triggers it in your mind. Somebody says something, something happens. You like, damn, I'm here. But it don't look like what you always thought it would. So it's it's kind of dealing with the breaking of one's own expectation, right? Like if, if success is this thing that we define personally like to your point there are people who i know who just flat out went after their passions good bad and different they was like fuck it this is me i'm gonna do this shit and i can't say that i know any that have failed mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. and i also know people who have played it extremely safe and calculated and they have reaped the benefits of it um and i think i think that's something that that I, i'm still on a constant quest to find Silas and like which which one are you? Are you a combination of both? Or like where where do you feel like you are? And I think Issa's depiction of that experience, especially like being called back to her alma mater, speaking, and already feeling like a certain level of imposter syndrome. I could be reaching, but it felt like she had some imposter syndrome, like, damn, like, yeah, I'm here, but got this shit figured out like everybody else and right i still gotta go do this this and this to make ends meet when i get back um and i think a lot of us feel those same ways maybe not as overtly as you know being on a panel but i think there are there are little times where we are we find ourselves in competition with either our own expectations or the expectations we may feel like other people who know us or generally aware of us may have. It it really stuck out to me because I'm kind of just in a, a gray area where I don't feel like either applies to me. Like I just I've never I've told plenty of people this I've never known like oh I'm passionate about this I want to do this for the rest of my life I would love to do this I've never had anything that I felt that way about. I remember in high school my um my senior year my football coach was like. Blake, you know, I think you could legit play some D2 football and be successful and then maybe explore transferring or something like that. And I was like, Coach, I'm not – like, I do not care about this enough to be doing all that. Like, bro, I'm not – like, I'm cool. Blake, like, this was I, a means to end, player. <laughs> bro, I got a Hope scholarship. This was fun. I'm not going to be out here dying for this shit, bro. I don't, I don't care about it like that, bro. Waking up sore. Like, it was fun, but it's over. I'm cool. You know what I'm saying? And that's how I've been. I, like, I, like, I enjoy this podcast. I enjoy doing it. But it's not like I'll wake up and I'm like, oh, shit, it's potting time, y'all. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't never I ain't never had that experience. And so I knew from, like, a young age, like, I can go back to, like, middle school mission statements where I was like, I'm going to do what I am doing now. And I knew, like, I was only doing that shit for the money. Like, I, like motherfuckers told me I was going to get paid. And that's one thing I didn't know. I thought, like... In my youth, I thought I was going to get paid, paid, like, I ain't got to go to work every day. And I still mm-hmm. do. So it's just like, this ain't worth it. And um, <laughs> I think I'm still working but, every but day. I do, but I do, exactly. Like, I ain't, that, I ain't that damn rich. <laughs> but I do enjoy the duality of us getting to see Issa's experience and Molly's experience. Because I think it kind of helps us to empathize with the other side of the spectrum. Me, it helps me to empathize with both sides of the spectrum since I'm you know, in the middle, but like, you know, whether you're pursuing your passions, there's that, that, that bullshit that you got to deal with from, from, 
you know, East's end where it's like, nigga, I'm driving a fucking lift still. I'm still dealing with these tenants at this apartment building I don't own. Um, or it's Molly's end where like I like money ain't really a thing, but I'm still unfulfilled. I'm still unhappy in, you know, my day-to-day life. And so I think, I don't know, I just think that's important. Like, I think we... I think we take I think we are going to take for granted or we have been taking it for granted somebody really exploring this phase of your life that's not really highlighted like that. It's not really highlighted in entertainment or anywhere you 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 kind of get looked over. It's all about either, you know, relationships or you know, just kind of laughing and having silly moments with like, "Oh, I'm married. This is my dumb friend. This is my you know what I'm saying? Like that that's just a typical sitcom. But to have a show that really explore, you know, our experiences and shit that is fucking people up, like people you seen living carefree lives and, and being some of the the you know, just the happiest people, people that, that that just walked in a room and lit the room up really be like down bad when you talk to them a few years later. And you can tell, you can feel it. And so I think it's it's dope to have a show explore that and just help us, you know, empathize and feel for our counterparts that are just experiencing stuff a little differently from us. And just, again, you know, reiterating the old time, saying that we all got our own shit. You know what I'm saying? We all got our own shit we're dealing with, whether you be different or be the same struggles. You, you know somebody else is going through it just like you. And it kind of hopefully help us to just get better at dealing with that and supporting each other through that shit. Uh-huh. Yeah, because I think some of us only, well, not some of us only. I think it's a lot easier for you to know how to approach these difficult topics if you've seen an example. Whether you think that example is wrong, 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 or you think that it's the perfect way to handle it, right? Like, you've at the Uh very least seen it play out. And I think that's what our generation just needs as a start. You know what I mean? Like oftentimes what I what I've seen is, you know, somebody does something, it all it takes is one action and then things begin to happen. It's not like, you know, back in the day when niggas was like, bro, what the fuck you trying to it's like, nah, nigga, everybody is trying to make it day by day on this fucking journey. <laughs> and we beginning to realize like you don't just kick it, be cool, boom, boom, boom for years build these bonds and then when you get spread across wherever they just go away like those things still need watering they still need some type of nutrients to grow and i think more often than not we we as men specifically get focused in on like shit i ain't trying to put my shit on nobody else or you know i ain't really got the time to do this or to be this for this person and it's like sometimes all niggas just got dudes just be able to have a conversation like you were saying like like just link up like let's get i think those are the actionable things at our ages because if you've not seen it you just have this expectation and well you know i get new friends at every stage of my life or Uh or these new acquaintances just happen because life happens whereas you don't know what you missing not having certain things. You know, I, I've had some of my closest friends uh, growing up. You know, I've I've reconnected with them in a much more deliberate way than I have in the past. Like just this year, and that's made a difference. Like 
I've been able to make certain breakthroughs that I feel like I've been trying to work on in myself because there's a certain level of comfort. You know what I mean? Even though you may not talk to these folks every day or you may not have a whole lot in common like you used to as of right now, it's like the camaraderie of, you know, some of that fundamental friendship. Uh-huh. It's like, okay, this is something that clearly I was missing in some level or some capacity. And then when you start to build on those things as as we get older, we can kind of understand, like, to your point, Blake, everybody is going through something. Everybody is dealing with something good or bad. And life is this series of moments, and we're just trying to figure out how to, how to spin them with each other. Now, I think, um, you know, in terms of what you were saying, just about, you know, the importance of us watering these friendships, you know, and making sure that they're growing – you know, I, I think just we as, you know, people, you know, specifically as men, specifically as black men, it's like I think there's a struggle for vulnerability. I think that's I think that's like the biggest thing, you know, and I think we've kind of talked about that before, you know, just about the surface level aspect of just a lot of our friendships. And the reason why we feel like we are probably not getting what we need is because like. You, I mean, first of all, you got to have two people who are willing to do it. Like sometimes you just got one person willing to do it. And then, you know, it's just one person kind of pouring into the other while the other person is like, yeah, I'm here to support you. But, you know, kind of like you were saying, Nate, like, I don't want to like if I hear that you going through something, I ain't trying to tell you what the hell I'm going through. Like yeah. probably in our, ne- our next few conversations, I probably won't do it because at this point I'm taking the role of support, like yeah. support. But, you know, I think I think it's so tough for two people to get to a point where it's like, you know, we're actually here to support each other. But sometimes, you know, people and I think this will make it tough. Nate is like, you know, if 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 I need if I need support, like if I need support, I might not be in the position to provide support because I need the support. You know what I mean? So then it then it just, you know, it it can create uh you know, just kind of this one-sided relationship, right? Where, you know, somebody's just constantly taking the role of, I need support, I need support. Uh, and typically somebody who needs a lot of support, like, honestly, if I'm on the other side, you know, I may not even feel like you're equipped to support me. Like, you need so much support. I don't know if you're equipped. Like, if I if I come to you, like, I don't know if you're equipped to provide me with the support that I need. So now I'm looking in another direction for that support. Like, I just feel like a lot of, uh, a lot of, I guess friendships, you know, just kind of end up one sided on that aspect, you know, or at least in my opinion, I mean, that could just be a, a AC thing, but not, you know, right. I think you're definitely right. I think, I think another thing we take for granted though is proximity, right? Like Mm -hmm. when you're growing up or really at our age now, or a few years younger than us, I guess you had this realization, but there are friends that, you know, if you went to college and like, you know, grade school with them. Like I had friends that until we graduated college, I saw them every, you know, five days a week for years. Don't let y'all like get a summer job together or something. You know what I'm saying? Like I got, I got friends that I, like I, JD, Dokes, I seen Dokes damn near every day from eighth grade until our super senior year in college. You know what I'm saying? And so with just those type of relationships, you you really like you really don't realize the maintenance because it's done for you right it's done with proximity you know what i'm saying you go 
you you come back from class, yo, what you been up to? Man, I had this going on. This is this is some bullshit. Blah blah blah. You had this whole conversation, but it's like if I call you and just like what's up, like you might not even get to that point where like there's so many times where somebody tells you stuff and you like damn I had no clue you was dealing with all that or all that shit happened and it's just because like bro you you human like it's weird to now have to be like okay I need to be intentional about reaching out and talking to these people and having this relationship and then technology makes it worse because you technically talk to each other every day you got a group chat you know I sent you a couple videos we laughed I, I know you straight if you, you wouldn't, know you, you would have said something. You talking on socials too, so it's yeah. like, yeah, you good. I seen your, I seen your Instagram story, so I know what you're going through. Everything's <laughs> on there. You know what I'm saying? Like, but that's what slowly like becomes the mentality, and it's like, bro, no, you really have to put in work and be intentional with relationships. That's 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 one thing I tell people about uh, marriage. I'm like, bro, marriage is the most beneficial uh, process I've ever been been. It's the most rewarding thing I've ever done. But I but rewarding doesn't mean like nigga you having a pizza party and getting free money and shit like rewarding means you gonna like learn shit about yourself, about a life and about, you know, just different experiences in a way that you never even thought of them before. And that shit is gonna like make you more aware of shit and, and help you do certain things better. That shit ain't gonna be necessarily fun all the time. But shit I sucks. Mean, <laughs> But like doing that shit really be helping with other stuff because it's like, damn, I never would have even considered that. But yeah. I mean, it's dope to see it explore. And like I said, bro, my 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 dream would be to see like a black, I mean not black, but like a male version of of Insecure. That shit would be interesting. I don't think it would. I think it would get canceled. I ain't gonna lie. For sure, think- a season, a half a season. It ain't even gonna make it out pilot stage. It's gonna get a four a good four episode run. The only way it would like really work is if the the dudes are just like overly attractive and the sex scenes are just over the top like power was when it first started. That's 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 like the only way I think you kinda keep an audience. That's that's not just men. But then you gotta try and bro, it's a lot. I don't know how you hmm. do it. Would that keep you Blake? Relax, relax, relax. <laughs> hey, this is a sex show. Hey man, I was just asking. Like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm fine with any response you give. I was Look at just, Alex. No, that that wasn't gonna gonna get me just, excited. But um, just, y'all, I, I just y'all. wasn't expecting it to go that way. Like, does you just? I just feel like you just came out of left field with that. Like, nah, like, it's the only like... way it's gonna be successful. If it's some sexy niggas <laughs> on there. <laughs> And they having sex, bro. It's the only way, what, bro. What show? <laughs> what show do we have based around black men that don't have drugs that women that black women also watch and enjoy? Mm, let me think about that. Black men don't not drugs not I'm involved. Say crime. That women I'm say enjoy. Crime. I'm okay, say crime. crime. Mm. Black men. I mean, can we think of a show first of all that just got black men that's not around crime? <laughs> Like like they flop. They there. out there. They just be flopping. There was a show on Hulu. Mm. Uh, Cedric the Entertainer show neighbors. That ain't ain't that about like families and shit. A black family and a white family. That's not. I don't think that's. Oh, I guess criteria. women like Atlanta. I mean, Atlanta I mean that's kind of around crime though. Crime. What's the crime in Atlanta? I mean, 
Yeah, I think paper boys be straight pulling up phone niggas with the strap, if I remember correctly. <laughs> and niggas getting robbed and shit. Niggas in jail. Come on, man. It's the rap game. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know any uh, black based shows that aren't about crime, especially that women are into. It looks like we got our, uh, we got our, we got a task ahead of us, gentlemen. You know what I'm saying it, it would be all right. in the writers' what, room. It would be all right. We know there some was actors. One show on Hulu, there was a, it was, it, you know that black dude that be on like all the random white sitcoms. Um, yeah, the sneaker, the sneakerhead show. Is that what you're talking never, about? No, nah, I never seen that. This is the black dude that was on. Uh, it was. Uh, What's the show about? He's on multiple. Like he does this. One is the one where it's a white girl and she lived with like three dudes. And one of them oh, you talking black. about New Girl? New Girl, exactly. Yeah, yeah. The black dude in that. He had a show on Hulu that was dope. Raven watched one episode. Of was it? Was, like, yeah. was it the one that uh, where it's like, like stuff was talking to him? Woke. Yeah, woke. yeah, yeah. Yeah, woke. Woke. That shit was woke. good. Yeah, I, I watched a couple episodes. I wasn't really feeling it though. I'm oh, that's just, I wasn't really feeling it. Wasn't oh feeling my it. god. Wasn't feeling it. Wasn't feeling it. Do better. Too, Do better. Too black white wash for me. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, that shit is. Uh, I wasn't feeling it, Blake. That was straight damn. <laughs> See, niggas gotta be near no like doing crime. Do better. No disrespect. Back to the drawing board. Hey, you seen where they this... shot Alpo? I mean, why was this nigga living in Harlem? <laughs> like, niggas said I mean, they restored the feeling. I said, what the fuck? I mean, I never wish death on anyone. I never want to see that happen. But I also understand that you should not put yourself in harm's way. Like, hmm. like you were, He's, like he, for I all mean, he was outside. He was outside. He said, I'm outside. Y'all know, I mean, I'm still, I'm hey, still. The nigga, nigga <laughs> said, when I come home, I'm still going to be the king of Harlem. Hey. Hey. Had a, had a, it was an it was a it was a good run. I don't know like if he was this, the king, but this nigga is, is crazy. Like, why would you, bro? <laughs> hey, this nigga Alex. Maybe said, I don't, this nigga had a good run. Maybe I mean, maybe know, I don't understand. It was Alpo's story, but like, if I understand his story correctly, he a fool for even coming back home. Like, what are you doing? Hey man, you can't let niggas scare you off your block. You know what I'm saying? You got to embrace it. Come on, Damn, man. Damn, so niggas nigga really thought woke was trash? That sucks. I thought it was trash. <laughs> I didn't think it was trash, but I was like, bro. I mean, you didn't like, finish it. It just, I just remember the jokes just wasn't really hidden for me personally. They just was not hidden for me. You know, like how Thug said he could see that pussy from a mile away? I saw them jokes. <laughs> I saw them jokes coming from a mile of fucking way. Damn. You know, I just, I be feeling like, bro, like, if we getting into the race bag, I just need you to be next level with the material. I don't know. Like sometimes it be people just being kind of a basic race material, but I need you to be like next level. It's kind of like why I like black as fuck. Like I like that show. Cause I feel like it was kind of taking it to another level in my brain, like just to the, the comedy of racism. Cause racism is just comedy. And I I saw this tweet that was like, damn, I feel so bad that, uh, 
you know, I think so much racist shit is funny. And I ain't never resonated with something because I'll be in the same boat. Like, I think a lot of racist shit is just, it's just comical to think that niggas could be this racist. Like, that's just, I don't know. That's, that's how I be feeling. Bro, I've gotten in, I've gotten to a point where that shit do not be funny to me no more. Like I do, <laughs> like, like, like I do, like being Blake third, not I, all the way open, <laughs> bro. Like <laughs> certain shit just be, bro. I, bro, I be asking my friends, I'm like, am I tripping? They be like, yeah. I'm like, all right, well, fuck it. I'm a, I'm a down this shit because this shit <laughs> Look, is. I'm racist. a trip, like, then. Let me trip, goddamn. <laughs> this shit, bro. And Raven was just Hell telling me man. in fucking Franklin, Tennessee, they got a bounce factory for the you know the the little trampoline shit for the kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That shit called Urban Jump, and the urban is in graffiti. In Franklin, Tennessee, that's some racist shit. <laughs> why is that racist, Blake? Why the fuck is the urban, urban in jump, graffiti? Why, why, I mean, maybe why? that's like the theme of the place. Like, it's like how they kind of got, kind of, I don't know what the hell just happened right there. What they kind of got this urban? urban feel. You know what I mean? It's, it's, uh, it's, it's silver, it's gray bricks. You know what I mean? It's, it's graffiti on the wall. You know. Racist. Skyscrapers, you know, urban. That shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> you, like they can't be paying homage to one of the five pillars. You know right, what I mean, bro? Bro, that shit racist. <laughs> anytime you use the word urban, you already seventy five percent there for me. Like, mm. what are they really talking like, about? Look, this is a characteristic or of relating to a town or a city. Franklin is a town. Come on, man. <laughs> that shit ain't themed there's like a, Franklin. There's an urban area. <laughs> In, in Franklin? Franklin, no, there's not. No, there's not. Bro, it's it's somewhere, bro. What? Okay, Some, what do you mean by urban? You know what I mean by urban. No <laughs> <laughs> urban, mean, nigga. Then it ain't one of them in Franklin. <laughs> Come on, man. We need to we need to take a field trip to the urban jump, man. Add that to the list. Fuck them. We pull up. We pulling up to. We pulling up to see is urban jump racist. <laughs> Does Blake have a point? I gotta see this place before I label that. That shit racist. Urban jump. Niggas can't. But I found out my nephew went there for his birthday. I was pissed. <laughs> that man probably had a great time. He had a blast. That shit pissed me off. Yo, get your <laughs> look at you. you. Look. <laughs> man trying this to kill the fun. Enjoyed his day. I'm talking about Alex. Then thoroughly enjoyed his his time at the urban jump. And here go his bro, own. that's why, I, bro. When the first <laughs> time the I was like crackers, <laughs> it might have been fifteen minutes in the blackest fuck, and I was like, "Oh, he's literally just gonna take blackish and do it the way he wanted to do it." Like this exactly. is what I really was trying to do, and and you know they wouldn't let me. So I'm gonna give y'all my real. I really think these crackers racist, and they ain't for to be funny. These motherfuckers racist. <laughs> like that ain't part of the joke. You think white people watch black as fuck? I hope so. But you know they don't, though. Like, all the stuff we feel like they need to watch, they not going to watch. But then also, I kind of feel them because they not really going to understand. Like, I feel like without a black person there to really break it down, they not. They just going to take it to heart. They going to be like, I am not a racist. Why is every joke calling me a cracker? <laughs> I feel like they watch. I feel like they watch this shit and make jokes about it behind black people's back. Or like... But I ain't gonna lie, I'd be offended when they do. I'm like, why are you watching this shit? Like, you don't, I know you don't get all these references. That's look, the thing. Look. <laughs> that's well, the like, thing. Why are you what watching you want them shit? to do, Blake? They can't, you they want can't them? win. I, I, I never, that's, no, no, why, no, no, that's I, why I, I feel never, for white people. They can't win. They I, cannot no, 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 no. win. They can win with me. I never said I want them to watch no, that shit. They can't win. They can't win. 
I want you to said, put that shit on, put it on mute, and go to your room. Just give us them streams. I don't like that shit. I don't like the fact that that that, that little white kids got access to hood music and just be singing that shit. I don't like this shit at all. I hate so you, that shit. You hate NBA Young Boy's whole career trajectory, huh? When I be walking by little white kids <laughs> talking about some uh, NBA Young Boy, a little baby, that shit works my fucking soul. Mm. I hate that shit. That's, I, that's why I feel I feel for white people, man. Because Blake, look what they gotta go through. Lung, they trying to bro. enjoy. They trying to enjoy music, but you got black people who like, no, this is our music, that, bro. <laughs> go listen to Bieber. You can't even listen to this shit. Go listen to Bieber and uh, they like, bro. I'm not even saying the n word. I still yes, can't listen. Are. We yes, like, no. <laughs> I remember when I went to that YG concert and my nigga, my nigga came on. I ain't never been so outraged. I mean, well, what they supposed to say? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's tough. It's to tough being white, man. You can't even. You can't even recite. You your, can't even your say favorite, nigga. Your favorite you song. Can't <laughs> you can't even recite your favorite song, man. It's they tough, out there man. vibing. Hey, and it was one black dude and a group of white people, and he was like, "It's cool." I was ready mm. to beat his ass. Oh my mm. god, I wanted to beat his ass. Mm. Hey, I will say I'm so glad that on this trip that we talked about, like I did not have to like there was no even close calls with some of the rap music that came on. I just feel like everybody understood the assignment. <laughs> like, I feel like know, everybody was like, you like, know, Alex is here. Hey. Like, do not. Do, and <laughs> I'm sure yourself. I'm sure I'm sure things get said. But, you know, just don't say the shit around me. If I don't have to hear it, I'm not going to address it. what you say in private. That's what you say in private, because what I say in private is what I say in private. Now, question. Is that racist? <laughs> is it racist for them to have been like, you know what? You know, Alex going to be here. <laughs> so oh, no. uh, I don't I don't think that's racist. I think it's respectful. I do. Because too. here's the thing. Y'all's perspective. Here go the thing. You know, of course, I say the N word a lot because I'm black. <laughs> And I'm and I'm allowed to say it, but when I'm around them, and really my wife convinced me of this, I try not to say it because I don't even want them. Like I don't, I don't want to bring them, this into the right, conversation. Correct, correct. And it's it, it is kind of tough for me to like really restrain that because you know it's just so natural. Sometimes you just want to get it off. But you know I feel like ever since I switched to that, I've, I I don't know. I just start to feel more comfortable because niggas know that I'm not saying nigga. So if I'm not saying it, you know that you shouldn't be saying it. In any capacity, you know, music, in a regular conversation, but didn't run into anything like that. But I will say this. At one point, you know, they put on the Dave Chappelle stand up. I walked out. I'm like, I don't, I don't even want to watch this with y'all because I don't want, I, you know, I know there's going to be some jokes. That's just I think it's awkward for white and black people to hear them at the same time right next to each other in a room. So I'm going to just, you know exit and it wasn't like everybody was watching it was like three or four people i'm like yeah y'all y'all got this you know i hope y'all enjoyed this day Chappelle. but uh you know as much as i love day Chappelle, i don't want to watch him with white people you know what i mean we gave a whole nother episode on this but i bro i don't know if i'm a dave Chappelle fan like that anymore like i still like dave Chappelle. and, it ain't, and it ain't... print beautiful guys dynamite <laughs> <laughs> Well, we will see you guys next week with season uh, two, <laughs> episode two of the Mansplained episode of the After Five podcast. This has been your boy, Nate V. Your boy, AC. And your boy, Tyo. Peace. Holla. Show your boy. <laughs>